Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. And uh, today uh, calls us basically to turn back the clock. To turn it back about six months prior to Jesus' work on the cross. And as we do, we begin to discover that the closer that Jesus got to the cross, uh, the more contentious his interactions became with the religious elite of Judaism. We've been in Luke 11, and already we've seen several examples uh, of that contentiousness. It all began there in verse 14 and following when uh, Jesus was accused of being uh, in league with Satan. He was accused of being an agent of Satan, which then led to Jesus' denunciation of moralism in his parable of the unclean spirit, which is found in verses 24 through 26. And then that brought on Jesus' scathing assessment of the wickedness of the generation to which he ministered in verses 29 through 32, which then led to another parable where he warned about one's spiritual eye being sick and thus incapable of receiving the spiritual light that is needed in order to follow him, verses 33 through 36. And now today we come to the end of chapter 11, and we find the contention continuing. And we find Jesus in these verses offering some of the most serious critiques and warnings concerning the false religion and religionists of Judaism. If you take your Bibles, we'll begin to look now at Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 54. It's a little bit of a a long read, but it all goes together, and we'll uh, familiarize ourselves now with what it has to say, beginning with verse 37. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that Jesus did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, Everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and gatherings in the marketplaces." Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. Now one of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things you insult us also. And Jesus said, Woe to you lawyers also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burden with one of your fingers." Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. And then at this point, he goes on to explain that a little bit. 
He says, so you are witnesses and you consent to the deeds of your fathers. For they killed them and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar and the sanctuary, yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves and you hindered those who were entering. Now as Jesus went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Now there's a, a, a lot in those verses that I just read, much more than I could possibly really cover in, in the time that we have available for us today. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to limit my focus to four primary points. We'll look at the setup, which I'm titling as an illusion. We'll consider the disaster of the Pharisees and the disaster of the lawyers. And finally, we'll conclude by considering how we can avoid spiritual disaster ourselves. So let's begin now as we look at verses 37 through 41 and consider the setup that Jesus provides here. Now, as Jesus was uh, bringing his parable about the health of one's spiritual eye to a close, we're told that a Pharisee approached Jesus and invited him to come and be a guest uh, for a meal. Now, you know as well as I do that um, the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses, eventually they morphed into 613 laws and traditions. And among them was this one particular tradition of ceremonial washing of hands prior to eating. Now, as they prepared to dine, the Pharisee and Jesus, the Pharisee noticed that Jesus did not perform this ceremonial washing of hands as prescribed in the law and in the traditions. And this was a great offense to the Pharisee, that, that Jesus, a rabbi, would neglect um, the established traditions of the fathers. But before the Pharisee could actually say anything about it to Jesus, uh, Jesus began to address it on his own. And using the images of a cup and a plate as a metaphor for one's spiritual condition, we find that Jesus pointed out to this Pharisee the absurdity of washing the outside of a cup and a plate while leaving the inside dirty. And I think we would all agree with that. If you were doing that, that would be absolutely crazy. I mean, who would do that? But that's what the Pharisees were like, according to Jesus. In order to give the impression of holiness, they would make sure that the external aspect of their life was giving an impression that what people saw on the outside was actually what was going on on the inside. But Jesus calls them out and says, that isn't true. Although they seemed to live an outward life of purity and holiness, 
Inwardly, they were filled with all manner of greed and wickedness. In other words, the life that they were living was actually an illusion. It wasn't real. And this is a problem that Jesus wanted to bring to their attention, something he wanted them to understand. And if we were going to put Jesus' concerns into modern-day terms, I think that truth point number one today would do that for us. Truth point number one uh, says this to us, that the sum of a person isn't what can be seen on the outside, but also what God can see on the inside. In other words, your fellow man may be impressed with your ability to maintain all of the laws, regulations, and traditions of your religion, but the place that God looks is in the heart. And if the heart isn't being transformed, then all of the external conformity counts for nothing. So Jesus exhorts the people that were there to take all of that greed and all of that wickedness that was that was pent up inside of them, and he exhorted them to, to give it away, to give it away like alms, like you would give away money to the poor. He, he, he admonished them to, to give it away, that wickedness, that greed, as a sacrificial offering, and if they were willing to do that, if they were willing to expel that from their life, uh, then he said that all would become clean. But of course... Following that admonition of Jesus is, is really hard to do, isn't it? It's not easy to take those pet sins, those pet attitudes that we know are wrong, and give them away like one might give away an offering. It's much, much easier, isn't it, just to, to put a nice coat of whitewash on the exterior so that it's going to look good? Much easier to do that than to actually deal with the internal corruption that seeks to dominate us. But Jesus isn't asking for us to do what is easy, but to do what is right. Now, at this particular point in, in the account, uh, Jesus begins to name some of the corruption that was festering on the inside. And he does it through a series of of woes. You'll, you'll hear that word over and over again. Now when you hear the word woe, I want you to think of the word judgment because that's one of the ways it can be considered. The woe is all about a judgment or another word that can be used is the word disaster. The word woe can stand for a disaster and we're going to look here in these next few minutes at the disaster or the judgment of the Pharisees, verses 42 through 44. Now Jesus offers three spiritual disasters that were prevalent among the Pharisees. And the first one we find in verse 42. The Pharisees were bound to focus on secondary issues. Instead of keeping their focus on what was primary and most important, they seemed to consistently focus on that which was secondary. And in this particular case, uh, the secondary issue that Jesus identifies revolves around the tithe. And that word tithe means a tenth. And uh, what Jesus is talking about is that uh, under the law, the Israelites were required to give the first tenth 
of all of their increase to God. The Bible actually says that the tithe is holy. It is to be separated unto God. It is his property. And, and the Pharisees were, 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 were very, um, uh, well, they were sticklers uh, regarding the practice of the tithe. In fact, so meticulous were they in practicing this, this law of the tithe that they would, um, they would tithe on things that were not required to be tithed on. Things like mint and rue and common herbs. Uh, literally, they went from their money or their income or their flocks or their herds all the way down to the smallest little leaf or grain. And uh, so basically we can see that they took great pains to ensure that nothing was omitted from their tithe. And they didn't do this because they wanted to glorify God. This really was something that that became a, a point of great pride in their life. But Jesus points out that while they were focused on parceling out a tenth of mint and rue and common herbs, they were in the process neglecting things of greater importance, like justice for their fellow man, like actually loving God. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.